Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a crowd podcast. Michael Owen, footballer, pundit, horse trainer, film critic, competent golfer and boxer, big fan of The Weakest Link, plus, of course, author. We've learned so many things about Michael over the past weeks, but let's see what the book club thought of his 2019 book, Reboot, in the final part of our Michael Owen trilogy on this week's Football Book Club! Book, 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 book. Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club where, instead of literary classics, each week we read another footballer's autobiography. Less Alfred Tennyson, more Barry Venison. Hey, <laughs> that one. is pretty good. It got Jack. It got me. It got me. the Jack test. Thanks to Barry Stuart Dell on Instagram Who's for that Barry one. Barry Venison? I, I, he, um, he used to play for Southampton, I think he played for England once, and he... Um, he sounds like a piece of cake Premiership. <laughs> was it the Premiership it was called? On ITV with Gabby Logan in the morning? The top league in the Premier in in uh, in oh, England. What's it called? What's it called? Uh, Premiership. Yeah. Uh, Barry Venison. Barry Venison. Barry Venison. I'm not buying it. I'm going to make one up next week. That's like, yeah. Jane Austen, Dave Gostin. He played for Port Vale in the 70s. You don't know any different. It's not. It's not. Might not make the cut. I'll be honest. I've been saying quite a few. I'm not sure that's going to make the cut. It's like a guy saying, "I'm called Mr. Meat." Hello, welcome to the Premiership. I'm Mr. Meat. You've thrown me with Mr. Meat. You've thrown me with Mr. Meat. I'm James Bug, and over the weeks we'll be reading classics such as David Platt's Achieving the Goal and Dennis Wise's The Autobiography. But today we're reading the final part of the Michael Owen trilogy, and joining me as always are Jack Bernhardt. Hi. Natasha Daniels. Oi, oi. And James Bowser. Hello. You are so rowdy today. Yeah, <laughs> what, what is all that noise? That's what I want to know. <laughs> we can tell what's, you what that noise is, James. What's the atmosphere? We're, we're in a pub. We're in a bloody pub. Oh, we are in a pub. I'm looking now. into your that eyes right now. Sense. It is crazy how close we are right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. very, it's so very, comfortable. Very, close. Two metres. We're joined by producer Joe here as well. Yeah, producer Joe's here. Producer Joe's here. It's a fun start. Probably can't hear him under the... The How sound of rowdiness behind him. As I mentioned last week, it was important that we celebrate our last episode in style. Mm. So we all come to the pub. We've got a drink. Like the old days, we used to do a football book club. Yeah. We, it was more about getting pissed than reading the books. It really was. <laughs> yeah. We used to get into your room, 
down a what? bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get as close as possible. I'm so glad I joined after this stage. <laughs> right, <laughs> doll. James would, James would come in with a bowl of doll and say, get some doll down here. Have a, that was my have a glass of wine. And now we'll talk about Darren Huckabee. <laughs> Nothing like this. We literally weird. did sit <laughs> in your bedroom getting sweaty. That is what we did. It's true. It actually <laughs> did right. do that. Let's this down. <laughs> we might have to go back to those days. It doesn't work out crap. I'm carrying <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right guys we're almost there we're on our third third book mm. we've had you've had young Michael Owen in 2001's In Person we've had slightly older Michael Owen in 2006 off the record which was last week and now we complete the Michael Owen saga with 2019's Reboots Reboot Reboot How are we feeling? Oh, I'm so glad I've had a pint before you've asked me this question because now I'm going to say I'm very proud of us. I think we've done a really good yeah, job. I've done a good I'm job. Proud yeah. of I feel like I feel like we're in the home straight, and I can yeah. see the guy with a uh, tinfoil blanket coming to you, <laughs> coming to me. <laughs> like, I'm going to get it over you. Make sure that your legs don't fall apart. <laughs> you know, the end of a yeah. What are they called? Uh, Marathon. Yeah. Uh, what are those things? What are they called? Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you put something in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a baked potato. Yeah. Okay. Um, James, you excited? Yeah, I will say we were pretty jaded by the last one, all of us, and it's rejuvenated me. This one, this, I'm, I liked I, it. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you on that. And we'll come to that more later. So, not only are we covering the Newcastle Stoke Man United days with this book, for <laughs> you have <laughs> the Stoke Day, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Stoke Day, uh, uh, the Stoke <laughs> Day. <laughs> Which, um, oh yeah, of course, uh, Tasha. I hope, I hope you weigh in on that. That's gonna be exciting. But this week's book is a very different book to the ones before. It was nominated for Autobiography of the Year at the 2020 Sports Book Awards. Can I get an ooh? Ooh. Oh. Oh. I don't think we've really ever brought out a little <laughs> pantomime feel. I don't think we've ever had an award nominee. Never mind. I, I think yeah. Stephen Gerrard's was nominated, and uh, I think that's just. I think he might have won. That really? book we read. I think it might have won for, for being a good book. That's oh. surprise. <laughs> it won the book of prize that year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was that one, Life of Pi, yeah. and they gave it to Stephen Gerrard's Furious book. authors. Yeah. Um, but as Michael says on the back of the book, you may think you know my life, but this is the story I've been waiting to tell. It's my time to set the record straight once and for all. He's also on the back, he's hugging the Ballon d'Or. I will say that. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't notice that. More, yes. And also the Ballon d'Or looks like it's on top of a rock. Yeah, like marble kind of oh, thing. Yeah. That's pretty fancy, I think. So I think we're going to get a different Michael this week. The one we've been having, the, you know, the polished yes. Michael we saw last week and the polished one the week before. The I'm, I'm excited for bad boy Michael. You know, the, the baddest Ooh. thing he's done so far is eat a dairy milk before a match. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you feeling? You guys, yeah, you're looking forward to bad boy Michael? Yeah. I I mean I like the the thing about all these books up to this point has been they've all been about Michael trying to win the books. I stand by this. I said this before. I stand yep. by this. Yep. This is the first time when I feel like he's he's let us in. He has. He's, he's been he's been vulnerable. Yep. And um, I, I'm I'm not ashamed to tell you that uh, by the end of this book, I I, I actually shed a tear. No way. Ah. I genuinely did. I felt ah. it felt really emotional by the end. Oh my no. god. I felt like I actually understood who Michael Owen was by the end. I can't wow. believe it. I don't know if this says more about you or me, but I did not have that reaction. Really? Interesting. No. Okay. I, I was right in the middle. I'd say, uh, I think I know what you're talking about, yeah. and we'll get to it. But The, the last line the got last me. It's probably oh, the yeah. best. Weirdly, the last the line really got me. I think it's good. the best yeah. last page of a book. You I totally agree. Big suckers. Read so <laughs> 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 he's, he's, le- 
medals on for three oh, he books might, for yeah, drivel, I, I, and then I, last one last true. line, and you yeah, were all, all like, worth oh, it for that bit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like it is definitely a Stockholm syndrome thing that we're talking about. Like when James last week was being like, "Oh, I think he's great. I love him." That's my James impression, apparently. That's good. Thank you. Um, and I was like, "Shut up!" And now I'm actually, I think I might. You with me? You with me? Well, there we go. There are aspects on it. He's a complicated man. Who, me or Michael? Both. Yeah. He's a complicated man. A bit like, but anyway, that's the last line of the book. Let's read (laughs) the rest of Michael Owen's reboot. Over the show, we're going to go into more depth about the book. We'll have a dramatic reading, quiz at the end, and Ken's back with his chart challenge, which I'm going to have to sing in front of this whole pub. I'm excited about that. that. But first, let's see what Amazon is saying. The book has 4.4 stars out of five from 500 reviews. That? Uh, you know what? That's good. Very impressive. Was it 4.3 last time from 300? Yeah, I think it was up. pretty good timing for it to come out, though, because there's a lot of like men locked up in lockdown thinking, oh, what shall I read? Yeah. yeah. Owen. Are you saying that Michael Owen made the pandemic happen yes. for his book? Okay, cool. I'm surprised it got that many reviews, to be honest, because I'll, I'll admit when I was reading it, I thought, well, it's all well and good saying this stuff now, but does anyone really care now? Is it a bit too late? But oh, clearly they do care. Yeah, people do. I mean, you know, they do. It's, it's blooming Michael, Michael Owen. Owen. It's Michael bloody yeah, Owen. Come on. But anyway, it's got 4.4 stars out of 5, and uh, there's a story about that, because according to Alexander S., in his five-star review, he says, One-star reviews are bitter Newcastle fans jumping to ruin a book they haven't even read due to a couple of headlines in tabloids. Just because you don't like a player doesn't mean the book is rubbish. So he's suggesting it should be even higher. I, I mean, um, I so I think that's happened quite a lot with these books. Yeah. Um, but I do also think there's pretty quite a lot of Michael Owen fans who've, who've said that it's five stars. There's, there's, there's more, to be honest. There's more. I've got, I've got, I've got a few here. It okay. really just causes a debate on the Amazon page. It was unusual. Wow. Um, okay. Picard, a guy called Picard, Picard like... Uh, uh, was it Patrick Stewart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Stewart said. Owen's arrogance is astounding in a two-star review. Connor says five stars in his review titled, Why on earth would Michael go to Newcastle? <laughs> and Dan says in a five-star review, I don't normally read books. I have a very busy lifestyle and don't have any time to read. I found myself with a free evening one night, and after reading a number of extracts and news articles from this book, I thought I'd actually give it a go. I am so glad... I did, but what did you think about it? Did you find it Wait, no, hang, can, we, can you go back to that person? Yeah, Sorry. let's go back to Dan. Do they, like, they stitch together reading this book through news articles? I or? guess, I think you probably, they probably saw a few of them. And was there like, was oh, a lot. I did the Google it. There was a yeah. lot what of they, press they, coverage like a slow, around it. Serialised, like um, Far From the Madding Crowd in the old days. <laughs> Or people like, oh god, I can't wait to read more of the <laughs> yeah. Michael Owen reboot. I story. have to say though, when we got to this one, I was so sick of reading bloody Michael Owen. So I thought I'm going to get the audio book, right? Oh cool. Oh no. So okay, we well, got to do the. Impression. I got the audio book, and then when you get the audio book on Kindle, it adds to your Goodreads. So it came up on my Goodreads that I was listening to Michael Owen's autobiography. Oh, that's embarrassing. So then I had a look at the other reviews on there, and someone just had just summed up exactly how I felt about this audio book in one sentence because he says, Ooh. "Pretty good as biographies go," although that. Bloody narrator Robin Morrissey should stick to just narrating and not try and do impersonations. He tried to do Sven Goran Eriksson and it was bloody <laughs> dreadful. Oh and I God, didn't I get, I didn't that. stick it out that far. But oh, now I really oh. want to go and listen to Sven. <laughs> Why? That sounds great, James. You got your pretty good impressions. You got Sven. Uh, <laughs> uh, Michael. Uh. <laughs> it's either Sven or Dracula. Like yeah. Igor, yeah. yeah. Michael, <laughs> you will not play. Yeah. Are you fit for Brazil? <laughs> That's basically how we talk. Yeah, it's, it's pretty <laughs> close. Pretty what do we think, though, uh, James? You, you, you about you, the you reviews? Kind of, no, about uh, the book. About the book. You were kind of, you I, know, you've been wanting to like Michael throughout this this run. I think so it's far. quite harsh to call him arrogant. I can see where that comes from, but I think he's just 
he's been stifled almost. And when he wrote the last book, he sort of he couldn't say exactly what he wanted to. Yeah. And now he's like, right, I'm just gonna. Sit. Well, this is more off the record, like setting the record straight. Yeah. This is what I actually think about that time. I didn't have the version with Newcastle in it when, when you when you read it. I'd, I'd be interested. Oh, to know exactly it in. in the last one. What he said <laughs> in that, because obviously he's very clear about what he thinks about Newcastle in this one. So, I don't know. I think it's a good it's a good book. I'm glad that he did it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was it. I thought there was going to be more than that. that no, bit. I just think have, it's I a bit. I can see why he comes across as arrogant at times to some people, but. I, but I think that's just. I mean, I think. That's, that's only the, that's only no, the views I of people. I feel Peacock. like he doesn't quite understand <laughs> how books know? work yeah. and like, he thinks ship. that he's released this third one and the other two disappear. Yeah, yeah, I agree yes, with that. that that's a very good point. Yeah. No, that's true. That and he true, does yeah. reference the last book a bit and sort of goes, well, you know, yeah, I at the time, it. I was yeah. Yeah, basically <laughs> says that. I'm so. like, yeah, but you did publish it, though. Yeah, you didn't know that. It made me feel really bad about reading the second book. I was <laughs> yeah. like, well, what the fuck was the point of that? Yeah. Oh. So angry. <laughs> yeah. It, it did make me see him in a slightly different light, though, and I do... I've. I've sort of warmed to him more after this book. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. And it's interesting you mentioned the title thing, because what do we think of the name... Reboot. I mean, I don't, I don't really get the hell hacker. It's got the so for people haven't seen it. It's got him on the front cover uh, in a hoodie. And yeah, it looks like, like Kermit, bad Kermit. Bad Kermit. That was yeah. the that was the, uh, the working title for, for it. Yeah. And then there's there's like binary things in there and it stuff. It looks like a early noughties hacker thread. Yeah. That's yeah. what it feels yeah. like. It feels yeah. like yeah. Ethan Hawke should be in this. Yeah, <laughs> being yeah. like, yeah. I got to get into the mainframe. Tap tap tap. Yeah, I'm in. Michael Owen reboot. It looks like he's just nicked it out of a safe on the back. Yeah, yes. it, 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 it's a bit. See, that aspect of it is a bit cringe. It also looks a little bit Michael Owen's in Eight Mile. Uh, yeah, it does. It does. Uh, Mum spaghetti, obviously, is on <laughs> yeah. the front. You like, it, it's it's not. It's really weird because the book itself, I think, is very good. And actually, he kind of. The reason that it's called reboot actually comes pretty like quite late. In it does. The book. Yeah, it does reveal and it. At actually, some point. he does reveal it. But yeah. uh, for for what three hundred pages, you're like. Why what? have you called this book I, reboot? I totally agree. And I guess with the context that you know that he didn't really want to write those other books, it kind yeah. of makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it yeah. sort of makes yeah. sense, but he's explicit later on. I think we'll get to why he talks or calls it reboot later yeah. on. Mm, oh. Listen ahead if you want to find <laughs> out. Um, I've had too much alcohol. To um, <laughs> Half a pint. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we can watch for how much alcohol <laughs> you're drinking. Uh, not enough to justify that weird laugh. Anyway. Uh, you, you enjoyed it, though? I did. I, okay. like I So, obviously... Had a very traumatic couple of weeks. Um, we, it's a very fraught relationship between me and James right yep. now, obviously. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm surprised I was, you agreed to uh, join up today. I was pretty us. angry about um, the first one, the Trickle Law book. Uh, yep. I was more angry about Off the Record. Yep. Uh, I was ve- a lot of harsh words were said on the podcast and after the podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, down the phone or via WhatsApp. Um, I considered going around to your house as well. <laughs> Didn't. Well, I'm glad we weren't like doing this. Genuinely, I, yeah. I, I, I think they would have like, been a bust up over there. We table. have been trying to keep our distance, obviously, <laughs> social distancing. I'm I didn't know sure you guys were going through <laughs> such a difficult time. You knew. <laughs> you knew. I knew. What I will say here is that this book almost, almost, almost makes those two books work. Oh, that's oh. good. That is good. Tash. I absolutely hated it. No really? way. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. I, I actually preferred number one. Oh, no, you didn't. Shut I up. mean, I preferred that's number one because yeah. it took me about 45 <laughs> minutes to read. That's only because <laughs> it reminded you of cooking with steps or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> number one made me colorblind. I'm almost positive <laughs> of that. 
fuck. The amount of time yeah. I spent squinting at the font. He can no longer join the RAF. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that was the things I wanted to do at the end of yeah. 2021. I wanted to join the RAF. Thank you very much, Michael Owen. Put paid to that dream. I mean, do you remember last week when I said that I felt like this was going to be a Neapolitan ice cream? Yes. And this week was going to be the chocolate one. Well, it was chocolate, but it was dark and bitter and miserable. It was that oh, like 95% green and black. So I didn't oh. enjoy it one bit. That's interesting because I quite enjoyed this chocolate. Did you? Yeah. See, I'm not a big fan of ice cream, but I like the book. I've been disappointed by the last books. And as you know, I mentioned last week, uh, controversially to some of you, apparently, yep. uh, even though yep. I missed that. Yep. I've, had to, I've had to mute the WhatsApp group this week because <laughs> the, the sheer abuse I was getting. But I felt that there were glimpses of the real Owen hidden in the last one. And finally with this one, it all came out to the fore, really. And I, I loved it. I really, really did enjoy it. And, um, you know... I didn't enjoy the bits where they were recap. The first half of the book are basically recapping all the stories we've read yeah. before. That's not a problem with the book. That's more well, just. I mean, it's interesting because actually, I quite so so. Yes, you're obviously right in that sense. Yeah. But like, uh, there's also there's an attempt in this book as we're talking about now. Like, there's an attempt to show the edgy new Michael. Yes. Sort of the the new and improved oh, Michael. Very. Which means that a lot of the stories that we've heard before, and we've heard a lot of the stories, we've heard a lot of stories many many times. Yeah. Both through Michael Owen <laughs> and through Stephen Gerrard and through. Um, yep. Jason McAteer like everyone's <laughs> told this, these stories but like we do see like how the new uh, unhinged Michael Owen I suppose <laughs> will that's tell a, that's these stories way. yeah yeah bad like, boy Michael bad boy like in, the, in, in book one it's obviously like my family life's great it's great I love it it's going yeah. on fantastic. here's my dog here's, here's my, my dog. dad here's my dog and here's my dad here's Lara Croft uh, <laughs> <laughs> the three most important people <laughs> yeah. in Michael Owen's life um, but and in book two it's a bit more like oh, Here's my dog. He's fine. Here's my yeah. dad. He's yeah. fine as well. Um, number three, it's like, okay, so my dogs are shit. <laughs> no, it's, it's like he sort of, he really, he talks about his family life. Like it was, he was under a lot of strain or like his family were under pressure. Like his dad put a lot of pressure on him, which he, which he didn't, which he didn't mind. And he said it was okay, but also said that, you know, like um, the amount of money they were spending, sending him around the country, like to do these trials was putting a pressure on the family. He said that their family, like, um, the, the, it, 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 it sounds more difficult. Sounds yeah. He kind of, in the, in the second book, he kind of painted it as it being a sort of Oliver Twist existence. Yeah. That was fine. They're fine. And then yeah. in the third, in the third one, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like the bailiffs at the, yeah. the Door. It's important to say he never blame. He still loves oh, his no, family no, no, more than no, no, it. It's no, more. No, just, no, there's, no. there's more difficulties there's around no, it than we yeah, thought. No, yeah. I, sorry. What I mean, there's no blame at all. It's more that that because of how talented Michael Owen is, his dad is like, okay, we're going to spend lots of money and you know send you to the right places. But that puts a strain on them because yeah. I think in book two, it's implied that they have a comfortable enough existence to do these things. Yeah. In book yeah. three, they're the bailiffs that are at the door. Keeps chucking apples at a wall. He chucks <laughs> apples at a wall, and his mom's like, stop chucking apples at that bloody wall michael and his dad's like go on go on have a kick at that there's a bit where genuinely it's such a weird moment whereas his mom is like um please stop kicking apples into the bin and michael owen's like okay i'll do that and he keeps kicking apples into the bin and if he misses um and it hits the wall then it makes a stain and his mom goes mad but if it goes straight in then it's, you know there's no problem at all so he gets his accuracy up with that and he he says like his dad keeps looking at him being like go on kick another apple into the bin <laughs> I I, th I don't think he um says thing. I didn't always like Michael during this, but oh, no. I, I did like the book. And you know, here's an important thing that came out there. Oh, here we Ma go. He's separating art from artists again. Oh yes, God, I'm just I can, I can see three out of I ten. Can separate them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> One big difference 
Michael Owen swears now. He does. Oh, oh yeah. He's a big boy Michael now. Owen is a big boy. <laughs> and that means that this is like like I'm saying, old stories that we've heard in book one and book two. We've had in book one, we've had a story about Stuart Pierce saying apparently uh, when he saw Stuart Pierce in a match against Newcastle. Yeah. Um, Stuart Pierce said in book two said, um, "You better watch out today, boy." In book three, with new edgy Michael Owen, he says, "You better fucking watch out." Did he say the F word? He says the blooming F oh word. I didn't see that. I knew he said. Um, he said sh- uh, shit no, he filter. Said, he said, oh, oh, like, yeah, so within three pages, filter. I was like, "Whoa, this is yeah, different." This is a different book. This is edgy, cool Michael Owen. Yeah. Also, when Alan Shearer, he's, he says to Alan Shearer during the '98 World Cup when they're doing the penalty shootout against Argentina, he says, "Which way should I go, Alan?" And in book two, he says, "Just do what you normally do. Put it in the goal, Michael." Like he's a sort of kindly old mayor. Um, in book three, he's like, just do what you normally do. Put it in the fucking goal. But he's caught in other people who've said it, though. That's so true. That's true. true. He's true. Not saying it. Both times he would never say well, it. Well, it's interesting you bring up swearing uh, because I've actually got a little game for you, Ooh. guys. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I, yeah, actually, that's quite weird that you say that because the game name of this game is called Owen or Oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> 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 So basically, as you mentioned, he swears about in the book. And they, they're, pretty, they're still pretty mild swear words. But you've got to tell me, is this a real swear word Michael says in the book? Or have I just made it up? Okay. I, I, does Michael not say it? Okay, so the first one is arseholes. Does Michael say arseholes? Yes, yes. obviously. Obviously he says yes. arseholes. You're correct. How could he not say arseholes? Yes, it wasn't that we were entitled arseholes used to luxury. <laughs> yeah. As an example, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also says it wouldn't bother my ass as well later in there, which I think Jason McAteer said loads in his book. There's a bit in this book also where he, because he talks a lot about his injuries and he says like, oh, you know, my hamstring is really bad. And he talks like, does loads of like, you know, talks about his metatarsal, like talks about like, yeah. different types of uh, of uh, like the hamstring snapping and stuff. Uh, but he always mentions ass at the end of it. Yeah, he's he like, does, my hamstring yeah. snapped and then it went right up my ass. Yes. Like, That's not what a doctor would say, I Michael. I don't understand hamstrings enough to know what that meant. Swear word number two. Yeah. Does Michael Owen say Belland? <laughs> No, he no, he doesn't. I don't think he does. Very good. No, that's he not his style. That. I just, can't, I can't imagine him saying Bellens. I can't see that no. either. I, my, my rule is, if I would say it, he wouldn't say it, and I call people Bellens all the time. That's oh, true. That's interesting. Yeah. That's true. Again, I got, a, I got it a lot on the WhatsApp group this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you did unmute. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, just, uh, yeah, occasionally to see that she started texting me that. And that. <laughs> I take, I take it out landline. of the group. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number three, shitstorm. No, he didn't say. I that. don't know actually. I think he might. I feel like he might have said that. Yeah, he did. A shitstorm of. Of, of press, he says yeah. at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number four, piss merchant. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's no that's way. a thick of it line. There's yeah. no way. There's no way. He doesn't say it. You're doesn't right. You're right. You called me on that. Bollocks. Yes. <laughs> because at one point he said he got bollocked by the queen. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, another footballer. Another, oh, yeah, because he like so to, weird. had to get in a lift with her or yeah, something. Know, and he, 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 his hat got queen. caught in the door. Yeah, and she's <laughs> like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That was the most sweary bit, actually, the yeah. queen. Yeah, the queen, like, you stupid bloody... <laughs> yeah. Um, question number six. Wet heavy balls. Does yes, Michael say yes. wet heavy balls? He does say that. Have you been looking at my outer context list? This <laughs> no, week? I haven't. Is okay, that, I did worry the... someone might yeah. say that. I'd have to head every ball, and those were often wet heavy balls, the answer. What? Heavy balls. And finally, does Michael Owen call Vladimir Smitsa a cock goblin? <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't, but somebody else might. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the correct <laughs> oh, answer. Not, not right, not right. But yeah, very gritty, Jack. He's very oh, gritty. Oh, he's very gritty. Like I think. Oh, he's a gritty boy. Oh, he's a, a gritty after boy. Dark, it, book, yeah, it's, mm. there's definitely after dark. Hollyoaks after dark. Yeah. There is one bit. Isn't Hollyoaks filmed like Chester, Chester kind of way? Yeah. yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think he probably, probably at one point, that's probably where he learnt to swear. <laughs> 
He watched a bit of Hollyoaks After Dark. He's like, wow, writing all these down. <laughs> this is so bloody oh, rude. Shame. I can't believe my mum's letting me watch this <laughs> age 27. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit that sums it up really well, which is like, um, it, he plays... I mean, so fundamentally, like, he, he talks about this... We, the, the big thing we haven't talked about with this book is that he believes that his first book and his second book, he was under the the advisement of his agent Tony Stevens to create a sort of whiter than white image. Yeah. Yep. Like yes. that's the yes. big that's the big aspect. And he and he feels like this is his turning against that, as it were. It's the sort of the the Miley Cyrus turn, as it were, <laughs> I would say. Like from Hannah Montana to, to current Miley Cyrus. Um so one he wants to really make it clear that, you know, he he isn't whiter than white. Like he is a real person, which is a you know a noble aim to have. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he tries to prove it at one point by saying Oh yeah, um, and I'll get it exactly. Where he's talking to um Rio. Oh, is it Rio? Hang on, I don't think it is Rio. Maybe it's a different thing. Okay. Where he's playing against Everton and he's saying that, you know, people didn't expect me to be, you know, this this edgy guy. Um and he's playing he's playing against Everton and um apparently Alan Stubbs has been there uh, giving quite a lot of shit to him, like you know, saying mean things to him. And he and he turns to Alan Stubbs, picks up the ball and says, You won't be spouting any more shite now, will you? Oh yeah. And and afterwards boy. he's like, Not quite so angelic now, am I? Like, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, boy, the bad boy's in the building, baby. See, I thought you <laughs> I thought you were gonna mention Rio Fernand when he was like he says something like, well, I'm not actually that clean cut. Oh, and then yeah. Rio, and he, says, he, says, he quotes Rio Fernandez saying, like, I can't believe the stuff you've gotten away with over the years. And then doesn't mention any of the stuff. Yeah, no, that's there's, all it there's, is. It's that weird thing where you feel like, because I don't know whether Michael Owen has had a very nice, you know, like a, like whether, it, it's hard to know what is true here. The Michael Owen of book one or the Michael Owen of book three, it's hard to know what is accurate. I reckon it's somewhere between the two. I would have to guess. He's probably egged up a little well, bit of the swears here. Yeah, But maybe. he's probably also been a little bit... You know, he's a little bit grittier than he is in book one. Do you know the acronym HALT, where they say, like, you shouldn't do anything if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? Okay. I feel like he wrote this book full HALT. (laughs) Yeah, every single one. It was all four of those things. he's read it back and he's gone, oh, shit. Yeah, oh, boy. I I think it's great. I I think think he's laid his cards on the table. You know what? All authors should be HALT. (laughs) Yeah. If if he's created this stuff, well, HALT is brilliant. Good. No one should ever eat. Hilary Mantel should be starved. (laughs) Hilary Mantel has every letter of Halt in her name. Oh, that was very quick of you. <laughs> just, 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 I'll get my just check. Yeah. <laughs> very important thing in this book is the shit filter, which oh, comes up sure. as well. Yeah. Which, which he mentions is something which he blocks out all the criticisms he's had all of his life. And, you know, finally the shit filter's down, I guess, at this point. So it's, it's that, that, I guess he, he very much had that in place when he was writing the first two books. So he talks about, like, how someone, like, is it a, I can't, it's like a physio or someone? Alex I Inglethorpe, who used Inglethorpe. to be Spurs physio, uh, Spurs under 18, Spurs, the middle of the Okay. He said that, like, you have the best shit filter of anyone I've ever met, which means, like, he's got the best mental strength. As in, like, he can take out all the bad stuff and, and take on only the good stuff or constantly be looking forward. Um, is that that very Trump moment when he's like, and the f- and he said to me, "You've got the best mentality of everyone." Yeah, a psychologist. Like he, he, earlier on in his career, a psychologist can't do any work on him. I can't, can't do anything for you're you. Too you're, you're too sane. You're too sane. You've got too strong a mentality, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> There's no weakness in you at all. What, what am I meant to do? But like, I, it, the shit filter stuff is really interesting because I think it's both the the strength of Michael Owen, but also his ultimate downfall as to why he's not really remembered as. He's not as loved as other former players, yeah. and I think that's a big part of it. Is that because he's constantly looking forward? There's never any enjoyment, you know. Like the shit filter is a thing that allows him to keep on going, but it means he's always looking forward. I I think I feel 
reading back a lot of Michael Owen's stuff, you do feel like he's constantly... He's so trained on the future that he never enjoys the present. Mm. And that makes him quite cold. Yes. You spend yeah. the whole time being like, oh, okay. You... And do you think now he's got to a point where like his future probably isn't as bright as his past? So he's oh, now he's about his past too much. Yeah. So yeah. I think he's only in his past now. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is a big part of the latter bit of the book yeah. is really coming to terms with that. I think he's always had this like a bit of an identity struggle where like I think he likes to be loved. And because he wasn't this like Steven Gerrard type character who was you know, local to a club. Yeah, and went stayed through the, the whole time. He was sort of on the outskirts. He was, he was from Chester. He had the pick of like lots of different clubs. He was never really loved by a fan base. I think he craves that. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, look at all yeah. of you guys <laughs> saying exactly yeah. what oh, I said oh, last oh, week yeah. by spotting it. Give right. Over. And now you're like, oh, I love Me, him so no, much. I think you read the third book before. Well, I genuinely I, think that's exactly true. That's yeah. what I think <laughs> it is. Because Ow. you do not get that in book two. Book two is, is a look cold, how sad book. You, you can't hide from us today, James. You can <laughs> yeah. see how red you're going right now. Oh, you're all, yeah. Yeah. As, as Michael Owen once said to Vladimir Smith, you're all a bunch of cock goblins. Talking to last week, yep. James brought up uh, the interesting relationship between David Beckham and Michael yes. Owen. I know you had a lot of thoughts on this. Yes. I, this week, I just felt like Michael flipped the table after playing Monopoly. He was fuming. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. He was absolutely raging. And yeah. it goes on for pages. And I was quite like amazed by this whole thing, to be honest, because he didn't just sort of turn it up a notch he turned into a bit of a turf war between him and his wife mm -hmm. and david and victoria yes oh and it's huge. you know i love it when a wag gets bought in so i that's was very that's invested true. That's true. in this but like last week i felt and you still like, didn't like the book no, no. <laughs> yeah. but last week i felt like his comments on beckham were very much rooted in competitiveness and like pushing himself to be better and he wanted to be seen in the same light yeah and then this one he just really sort of throws him under the bus mm. and doesn't care what he says but tries to temper it by saying at the beginning of this section we've always had a very nice relationship but and then spends like seven eight pages just going in on him he does he that really with quite goes a lot in. people really really goes in on him and i've got some i've pulled out some quotes that he says because i just kind of quite couldn't <laughs> yeah yeah you have to because you, know, you sort of you say a few fake ones fun game yeah but like last week he when he talks about what happened in greece he says twice they were ahead before beckham scored the goal that no englishman or i will ever forget you yeah know, that's, that's a fairly nice pro, pro. butter him up butter in him this, up in this one the same goal instead of the routine we'd rehearsed david just did what he usually did and put it into the top corner by himself meow like come on the bloody hell i don't remember goal. that that's terrible the same goal. Bad. and then he brings victoria in because he says well it would be remiss of me not to mention when he gets sent off because it's he brings that up quite a lot yeah. when they went down to 10 men because i think he, Michael really believes that that was the year that they should have won the yes. World Cup. Oh, I mean, that, 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 really that and every other tournament since yeah, yeah, yeah. they should have won it. But he really he goes into quite emotional depth about what that meant to him. Yeah, mm. for Beckham to be sent off, which he didn't in the other book. He just sort of said it was a shame, yeah. but we kind of got on with it. That stuff was incredibly interesting. But then he, he, I mean, nothing nice ever starts with that sentence, does it? Like we always got on okay, but yeah. <laughs> dot dot dot. Yeah. Turn the page, and he says like. You know, Beckham was the darling of English football and Owen kind of wasn't loved. And then overnight it changed. And you really do get a bit of a sense of glee in his voice when he talks about it, that suddenly Beckham was the villain. Yeah. And Owen kind of got to be on all of the like back pages every week. And 
He spends, I looked at he spends three pages talking about how childish it was that Beckham flicked his foot out. Like, which, what's more yeah. childish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 20 years later, <laughs> spending three pages on it. Or I mean, but it is interesting because I feel like after that happened, you know, I remember everyone being like, oh, you know, Beckham, Beckham did that and we just have to accept it. Yeah. It's okay. You couldn't. And this is the first time I've seen any England player being like, how dare yeah, 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 I mean, yeah, he, ends, he ends that bit of the chapter by saying, I'd be lying if I didn't say that what David did that day let us down. I still hold resentment about it today. Like, yeah. he actually puts that in black and white on the page. And I, I do understand it, but it's... I feel like after you've written two books where you're kind of nice about everyone and you don't want to call controversy true. and you, you uh, then to do this, it fi- I think that's why I didn't like it because yeah. I feel like now he's not relevant. He's trying to grab headlines. I mean... The bit with Victoria is quite funny, though, because he brings her in and she doesn't even like she does not warrant this because he says he never heard anything directly from her. But someone told him that she didn't like him because he'd heard that she'd said that he was an arsehole for not standing up for Beckham Mm, after what happened. mm. But there's no and he goes in on her as well. Yeah. And he clearly says, I've got no proof. I've got no proof. I just didn't like it that she said that. But she, I didn't hear her say it. I heard someone else tell me that someone else said it. It's and very that killer's song, you know? You know? LB who heard it from yeah. LC. And it, and it, it really, I, yeah, it really felt like, what's going to get this book in the sun? I know, I'm going to slag off Victoria Beckham. The cynic See, in I, me says that. I don't know, because he spends the whole book saying he doesn't want fame and fortune. I know yeah. that you can say that he, that, that, you know, that's just the thing that he says. I don't know. I feel like he might, I feel like Michael Owen doesn't understand, like I said, I don't think he understands how to deal with the media. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he understands how to get his book in the sun or what's going to make him popular and yeah. what's going to not make him popular. I thought it's just stuff he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, am, am I thinking of him as an evil genius? And yeah, actually, I think, he's just I, like... I think he's just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> an adorable, lovely idiot. But like, I, well. I, I feel like he probably couldn't say these things in 2006 because... If this were if it were 2021 and David Beckham, Michael Owen were playing in the England squad and David Beckham got sent off, Michael Owen would go on Twitter and say <laughs> everyone should lay off David Beckham. Yeah, yeah. Because I think players now have a relationship yeah. with fans. And he, and he was 18. Yeah, he was, was 18. 18. No, right. I, I, I ju- he so was I, in the first book. He said like he didn't even want to go out to him afterwards yeah. and yeah. give him a pat on the back because I, he I, felt he wasn't because Beckham was an established player in the England team. At that I just time. feel mm. like it was so unnecessary to include it in oh, here. It just so makes him look it's like such a patchy so child. I, I need this inquest into the England team of those days. <laughs> I think it is unnecessary but I do also think that he loved it. I did love it. it was <laughs> because in the second book it was all aimed at Simeone really. Yeah. Oh you know why would you do that? just embarrassing so then he's like co- I, think, I, I do that. think that he has a little bit of time now to be able to go okay well that was that was painful for me the only person that, that he hates more than victoria beckham is fabio capello <laughs> he really hates <laughs> fabio yeah, capello. Like oh my god i love that <laughs> are we any close to figuring out whether michael owen has david beckham's phone number uh, what do we think now because uh, last time he's no, no I, I, I mean if they did he's blocked now absolutely yeah. deleted that yeah. number um yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because there's a, there's a lot of catty comments. There's a lot of negativity. Yeah. You, you if, don't, if you think he's bad, I out reckon. Wait till you see what he's about Alan Shearer later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. oh, boy. Oh, boy. I can't oh. wait for that. I reckon they were hoping that Michael Owen's Instagram hot daughter was going to end up with Brooklyn Beckham and he was going to, like, infiltrate the family. I mean, okay, that is definitely <laughs> a, a, all that's, like, that's a romantic comedy plot. Yeah, you just can't with that. <laughs> there's all levels of, like dynasty to what yeah, you're kind of yeah, to this kind of thing. Yeah. It's uh, okay. I mean, okay. okay. So also, Michael Owen is obsessed with hierarchy. I genuinely do believe that. Yeah, he's he is so yeah. obsessed yeah. with yeah. like with like who is important at yeah. any one time. There's a bit where you. That's talks why the about Queen bollocks him. He was so <laughs> offended. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that. 
It's like, oh, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Not even Stephen Gerrard's above the Queen. But <laughs> maybe, you know, in like 20 years' time, it's less next door to yeah. say, basically, the Queen is, was, that was totally unfair of her. Complete the way she the Queen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, no, but there's a bit where he talks about, I don't know if you remember this, in the, in the Liverpool team bus, he's like, um, so some players, if you were like really high up, you would get to put your feet up, you sit in a certain like bit on the coach, and you'd have uh, your cup holder, and you put your phone in. Um, and he was like, and I, as a young player, would never dare to do that. Yeah. I would never dare to put my phone in the cup holder. Nobody ever told him that if you put it in there, it makes you speak louder so you that's can play true. music for exactly. everyone. He doesn't like music. What's going to happen? Like, Veyard Hegem's going to come over and go, yeah. stop playing Pavarotti. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only album I have. <laughs> Right, who wants a dramatic reading this week? We didn't have one last week. We didn't have one last week, so let's go. God, this would be proper atmosphere for this one. There we go. Very dramatic. Uh, Can someone cue the dramatic music this week? I was going to say, Joby, I haven't got a microphone, so... Everyone looked at me then. Cue dramatic music. Yes! Bloody hell! How long have you been waiting to do that, producer? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This week's dramatic reading is called uh, Michael Owen Recreates That Peter K Advert at the Bonabout. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Bizarrely, something that was really worrying about arriving in Madrid. So he's gone to he's gone to Madrid. He's gone to Madrid. It's been a really like a wrench from his career. Like, yeah. He's gone from Liverpool. I've got yeah. a real bee in my bonnet about this bit. As oh, well. okay. Well, Carry let's on. leave that bee for the <laughs> end, please. <laughs> like slowly buzzes through the story and it keeps coming back a few times. Bizarrely, something that was really worrying about arriving in Madrid in the short term was the keep up routine every new player has to do in the Bernabeu centre circle. Yeah. As a prospective Galactico, italicised, <laughs> you're expected to perform, do tricks. To dazzle, also italicized. Ooh. But okay, so does this? I I've forgotten. Does this happen with every Galactica? Did in those days, yeah. Pretty much. Would, like, like, if you got a good new like jersey dudek, did you have to do keep it up? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that I, seems mean. I can't imagine like thirty thousand fans turned up yeah. to do that. I'll be honest. Yeah. The problem was, while I knew I could basically keep a ball in the air as long as anyone. I've never had any tricks whatsoever. I was a no-trick pony whose formative years have been spent perfecting the art of putting the ball in the top corner, not balancing on the back of my neck or doing around the world. He's so derogatory. Like, yeah. like, fuck like, Ronaldinho. Who, who cares yeah. about those things? Beach yeah. football. Yeah. The idea of fun in football. Football is about putting the ball in the goal. Everything else is just a waste of time. I'm sorry to say this, but can you imagine shagging Michael Owen? It must be <laughs> awful. That's all I do every day. Because yeah. oh, he's is not that what you expect from shagging a man? You're like, oh, make sure you do a couple of around the world. But I it's functional the, you know, and it created four it's children. It's very functional. <laughs> yeah. He's oh, very, yeah, no, that, that is very true. You know, yeah. The only he, hole is the goal. That's it. That's definitely the pub is a bad idea. I knew this was going to happen. That's definitely the, uh, the, the bit before the episode now. Uh, not, if I, not on my watch. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous about going on the pitch, maybe dropping the ball and everyone thinking I was crap, that it nearly swayed. And there's a lot of pressure. That's that would have been... I, I do often... So I actually genuinely, I used to, in, in, in when I was growing up, I used to like, I had a Real Madrid jersey and I was like... I can play for Real Madrid <laughs> and I would try and do keepy uppies and then immediately drop it and I'd be like I'll never play for Real Madrid <laughs> and not because I was like I'm not going to be you know I, I'm not a good right back but I was like well I can't do the keepy uppie yeah, bit it was, you, it was between you and Michelle Salgado for a while <laughs> it was, that was a while. I, I, it nearly swayed my mind about going through with the commitment to sign that's how worried he was when it came to it I went on the pitch and had all the customary photographs taken and then inevitably that moment came when they threw a ball at me and every camera in the place trained in on whatever I was going to do with it panicking I thought I'm just going to volley this <laughs> <laughs> smash it out of the stadium <laughs> 
hoping the crowd would think I was doing a nice thing by gifting them a souvenir. I volleyed the first ball as hard as I could into the crowd. Oh my god. It's like he's on Soccer AM yeah, or something. I hope he's a habit. Just the panic. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute panic and just, here you go. Have then, that. Then another ball came and I volleyed that into the other oh, end. Oh a succession god. of balls around and I just smashed all of them into the crowd. <laughs> It seemed easier. I couldn't face the idea of having to do any tricks, and I think it was convincing. I never really had to bow the fans. The players were a different matter altogether. Oh, just the so we're not going to go into the, that. The, the manager would be like, okay, he's volleyed one. Give Get, him another yeah, one. Yeah, that's the bit. Give him another one. And another. <laughs> and another. Okay, and another. No, Michael, you keep on volleying. shitloads in balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Florento Perez is like, okay, let's just stop. We're going to lose lots of money on the balls now. Right, guys, we're halfway through our last book in the Michael Owen trilogy, and there'll be more in a minute with a first look at his doom spell at Newcastle. Hello. Um, hello there. What voice do you want me to do? We'll do a little bit. I'll just do my voice. Do your voice. Yeah, thanks. Hello. I'm Joe Marler. People think I hate people, but I don't. (laughs) I actually love interaction with people. I love finding out what jobs they do and whether I could do what they do. The Joe Marler Show. Joe Marler Show. With new episodes every Wednesday. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
to Football Book Club, where we are reading Michael Owen's reboot, the third in our Michael Owen trilogy, the final book, and we're reading it in a bloody pub. A bloody pub, mate! A bloody pub. Pints, 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 pints. You know, we're all we're all Larry now. We've been we're all Larry. I'm and... going to fight all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, so I'll tell you what. Jack just requested a bottle of wine. I did. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I was like, did. we're having a meal. Let's have a bottle of wine. Why not? <laughs> okay. Wow, Come very, on, Scott Chase. Very continental of you. Yeah, I am. Um, well, we are, you know, as we're Larry, I think it only makes sense to bring up the Larrier section of the show, out of context, uh-huh. Michael Owen. So, James, kick us off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. Should I do it in a Michael Owen? Uh, yeah. <laughs> how's, do how's, your has accent. It, has it yeah, developed do, over do, the past week? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I'm not one for taking my top off, but if I had during those few months, you'd have been impressed. I was totally ripped. <laughs> Oh, Michael. I love that bit so much. <laughs> I, I mean, that Ow. was, you know when you said, um, do you ever imagine, can you imagine shagging Michael Owen? That was the moment when I did. Also, that was, was the idea of I'm not one for taking my top off. Like what? Do you just wear the same shirt for yeah, months never, on end? He's never taken his top off. It's, it's in the shower life. with a t-shirt on. Michael, yeah. take it off. Yeah, please take it off. Wash your body. Tash, but I'm not for one for taking my top off. <laughs> Tash, have you got a similarly dirty toe on I mean, this is so out of context that I want to Im- I want to hear your thoughts on how this came about. Okay. How was he to know I'd been lying face down on a waterlogged golf course just a few hours prior? <laughs> I do remember where that is. I do actually remember where that is. <laughs> wow. Uh, that sounds like an ITV drama. All, uh, all of them, uh, wetness pops up a lot in this book. It's a lot of pathetic well, fallacy yeah. in this there's book. A lot of, there's yeah. a lot of rain. Yeah, constantly. there is. Uh, Jack? All I'm asking you to do is fucking go and hide in the toilets for five minutes for one day. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, and that, uh, that is a very good example, which you've used where he swears in it as well. Yeah. He's won the Again, red. And that's, that's a quote of someone else saying that to him. Okay. Michael Owen that's never... his um, psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that um, I've got a similarly medical one, uh, which is, it's quite a long one. I've got the perfect life from a knee perspective today. <laughs> There's nothing I can't do. I've got Dr. Richard Stedman and a kind deceased person who is willing to donate his or her parts to medicine <laughs> to thank for that. That is so funny. That <laughs> is so Michael. That's so Michael. So That's so Michael. We really do know him now, <laughs> yeah, don't we? we oh, do. Michael. If, if no one else knows Michael Owen, we know Michael Owen. We could write his fourth book. I will write his fourth book. I would absolutely love that. Michael Owen, you the could, Andy Crabb story. We could, <laughs> we could like feed all of our knowledge into an AI machine and it would come yeah, out. Yeah, we get, we get something accurate, out. Pretty accurate. It'd be better than the second one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Bloody hell, I hate that second so one. So Michael Owen and Hamstrings takes us nicely Ooh. into Ooh. Newcastle, which oh. was a ridiculous time of He's his life. He's so was, good at segways. You know I don't like when you do segways. <laughs> but I, I so take, good at segways. That was such a good one. I'll take it. It was, it was so chaotic, Newcastle, from the beginning. Yeah. There was so much going on there. But I want to start by talking about the helicopter. <gasps> the helicopter. You mean what? when he swung his willy around? <laughs> <laughs> Not so angelic now, am I? <laughs> so I, I gather there's been sort of, uh, he's got a bit of a reputation for this helicopter over the years. And he tries to put, he tries to, he bought a helicopter. He bought a helicopter. He bought a helicopter to, to get around basically. But I, and he tries he tries to set the record straight on it, but I don't think he does. I think it, it just is ridiculous. It, does, it makes it sound it's so compa- bad. He tries to be really like play it down like, oh, it's just it, just a helicopter. He uses it like a scooter, like just to nip around. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. I'm pretty sure at one point he drops his daughter off at school in it. Yeah, <laughs> like what? 
<laughs> he's like, oh yeah, you know, I landed it on the on the training pitch in Newcastle, but that was for a dare. And you're like, well, that doesn't make it better. <laughs> that's why they all think you're a wanker. Yeah, that's 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 arguably much worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so weird. That I whole can't helicopter get thing. my head around the helicopter thing. I really also, can't. Also, the way he introduced it, he says that he looked at his um at the house that where the <laughs> where the helicopter, uh, the, sorry, the the house that he was going to buy. He says, you know what? That'd be a perfect place to land a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, as if that was the first thing you thought. Yeah. Anyone, uh, you know, you know, thought to, got to go to the council or anything about here? Uh, you guys got a helicopter? A helipad <laughs> could go here, maybe. I I feel like Take I know Michael well enough now to know that he gave that helicopter a name. Ooh. And he'd oh, be like, yeah. oh, I'm taking Bessie out today. <laughs> I mean, that's a horse Definitely name as well. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, true. That works. That, I'm that taking Lady sense. Etienne out for yeah. a spin. <laughs> <laughs> to the co-op. Yeah. <laughs> Strokes it, feeds it some oats. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drop Gemma off at the co-op. <laughs> Walk, Michael, it's fine. Um, but the whole Newcastle saga is just crazy. Yes, I mean, his bad. entire time in Madrid... Soonest was calling him every two weeks, apparently. That's so funny. And just like, Ch- just checking in. Do you want to come to Newcastle yet? And then he ends up, <laughs> oh. he ends up doing it. Again, against his will, massively. He really does he not want to go. He says he signed with absolutely no joy. I mean, yeah. even till the last second, he was like, I'm not going to do this. He was, he was about to tell them. I think it was Freddie Shepard and Soonest and some other club people were, were driving yep. to him to yeah. sign the contract, take the pictures. And he was on the phone to his agent going, Tell him to turn around. I'm not going to do this. Like, and his just agent was like, you can, you can do that, but I will lose my reputation. <laughs> but Michael has a sort of tendency to go along with things until it's too late. And yes. then he's like, okay, this is it now. He, and he says, he actually says, it was the moment that he'd taken the picture with a shirt and, and him signing the contract. He's yeah. like, I knew it was, there was no going back at that moment. Well, yeah, obviously. He's <laughs> yeah. signed the contract. It's going to happen at that point, Michael. It's too well, didn't, didn't Dan James do that for Leeds? Yeah, he when did. When he was at Swansea, yeah. wouldn't he? He did that. Aaron Ramsey might through. have done that as well for Man United. I think he oh, might have really? bought You he know the contract Man that they sign there, though? Is that the real one? Or is it like a lottery like a, check like where a it's a pretend it's like, one? It's like a big um, check. Yeah, you know the big checks you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, not yeah. real. Yeah, you like can't cash that. Check. You go into yeah. a bank with a big check. They'll laugh you out of there. Very true. The Newcastle thing was also really interesting because he talks about how like he kept on giving Sunas false hope. He kept on saying like, "Oh yeah, maybe I'll sign." It's like it's not really false hope because you did sign. <laughs> like arguably, that's just hope. You gave him hope, and it's hope that he acted on, and then he signed you. Like yeah. that's fine. And he he was desperate to go back to Liverpool. Yes, at the time. And that's yeah. what he was holding out for. He thought he, he saw his time in Madrid as sort of, all right, I'll be here for a year. I, knew, I know it's going to be short term. I'll go back to Liverpool at the end of it. And Liverpool just weren't making yeah. that happen. And by the end of it, he had to go to Newcastle. And he but really didn't want to. He seems to blame back. Liverpool for that. But then equally, then why did he leave Liverpool? If you really wanted to do it. If you really it, want to be at Liverpool. Well, just stay at Liverpool. I, think it, I, I feel like he's someone who doesn't want to regret things. Well, yeah, but and then... He, he didn't want to regret it, the chance of going to in that Real Madrid. He's like, I didn't like it. I'll come back. But you know what the risk is when you go to Real Madrid? You know that it, it's not it's not like a revolving door. You can't just For immediately sure. come back to Liverpool. Yeah. Like, I, I, I felt like that bit was quite... You feel like he was putting unrealistic. Because he was saying, like, oh, Liverpool should have offered 12 million for me. But they've just sold him for eight. So, obviously, they're not going to do yeah. that. That'd be stupid. And then in, when he signs for Newcastle, he does it under the proviso. They sign... They write into his contract every year he can sign for Liverpool so for, like, a reduced fee every season. Yeah. But it just never happens. As three years go by, and he's like, all right, it's not going to happen. He's, he's injured. Time, yeah. He's injured all the time. Yeah, yeah, he's he's out. good, yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just a mad time in Newcastle. As soon as who he who he likes, he gets along with quite yep. well. Yeah, um, they're quite similar characters in some ways. He's a much yeah. more fiery version of him. But yeah, very. I headstrong. reckon Michael Owen threw a pickaxe at a man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who is it who didn't like Soonest? Who we've Bellamy? Uh, Bellamy, Bellamy didn't like him. Yeah, which yeah. I can kind of see. 
And then the Shearer, who he initially gets on very well. Oh my gosh. Very good strike partnership, very good friends. He lives yeah. with him. He's his Yeah. Him and Louise move in with Shearer and his wife for for a while. And they're getting really well. They're like best mates. Yeah. Obviously that that fell apart. Comes apart <laughs> That's later so on, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know about this at all. I, I knew know. I knew they had a bit of a spat at some point, but yeah, I spoke to again a, a Newcastle boy friend the other day about it, and he was like, Yeah, well it's because uh, effectively, a lot of Newcastle fans think Owen feigned an injury at that time, and that's that's. And he says that's what Shearer says. He says that's not the case. I offered to play, blah blah blah. But you know, he, I can see why Newcastle fans do dislike Owen because he is ruthless about yeah. them in this I, book. So yeah. I can so I can see that. But equally, like, you know, it, the, the game that it is is that it's a relegation match between against Aston Villa, and yep. Michael Owen says like, I, he he's going to pull a hamstring if he runs 100. percent So he says like, look, risk me. Like that's it. That's all he can do. And when she is like, the manager, yeah. I, I I feel like that's all Owen can do at this point. Like, yeah. I, I thought Owen knows his body better than anyone. She is under a lot of pressure, and yeah. you know he's. <laughs> it's not going well for him, and and Owen's basically saying, "Play me if you want, but I wouldn't." Yeah. He's but not I, giving him much I, confidence. I can also understand that. I think that's yeah. I think it's fair, fair. enough. But Shearer sort of made Owen the scapegoat a little bit. Yeah. I think. He did, yeah. I think yeah. it's easier, as he says. And that was the bit where I felt quite sorry for Owen because it felt like obviously Shearer is going to make him the scapegoat. Obviously, the little the, sorry, the Newcastle fans are going to believe him over the yeah uh, over Owen, and it sort of throws him under the bus quite a lot. Yeah, I, I went back and had a look at the kind of headlines and stuff that were going on at this time because I read it and I was like. Was it as bad as he's saying? And it is vicious. Yeah. There's a lot of back it's and forth vicious. between the two of them. Look, yeah, quite, quite nasty. Yeah. Yeah. That's because yeah. they're so they're, they, they, you know, they get on really well over the course of the over the course of their career. And he says that like it's a feud that they have never been able to overcome. Yeah, they, they've they, literally they never. Start, there's a bit where they are slagging each other off in interviews. So like one will give an interview, and then the next day the other one will give an interview, and it just gets tense. Yeah. However. There's an important, uh, you know, it might not have made up with um, Alan Shearer, but a really interesting thing from all the books, he loves Kevin Keegan now. Yeah. Couldn't stand <laughs> him mean, in the second who, book. Be, who, like, Kevin Keegan in the second book, he's the, the biggest villain. Yeah. And suddenly, Kevin yeah. Keegan is like, oh, God, this genuinely is my favorite bit of the book. I, I absolutely <laughs> loved his relationship with Kevin Keegan. Yeah. It made me so happy. Yeah, same. Like, it was he, a, a great arc across the books. Yeah, genuinely, yeah, yeah. I, I felt like I feel like I've grown as a person. Yeah, I feel like powerful now. Especially like because he slags him so much. He slags him off so much in the second book. Yeah, and then he becomes Newcastle manager. He's like, oh god, I've yeah. released that book. I've slagged him rotten. But apparently Keegan hadn't read it. I wasn't aware of it. Well, he probably course, was. I, but only, only, only four people have read that book, and that's us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, Omar was it Omar, Omar, the guy with the toilet paper? Yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Toilet. But man, then Keegan sort of was like a revelation because Owen said he thrived in the club environment, the sort of day to day. Yeah, he's more of a club manager in the yeah. trenches, and that he he was actually touting him as like a defensive midfielder at one point. Yeah. Interesting, because yeah. it seems like at one point that that Michael Owen is going to graduate to the next stage of his career. Yeah, and it feels like Kevin Keegan's going to be the the person. Like who Alan Smith did a similar off. thing. He was, yeah. like, he was like a very well, attacking player yeah, for Leeds, and then true. he became a defensive midfielder and was good in that position. Yeah. Or like Scholes becoming. But, a, but yeah. everything that we've read about him just says that he will never change his mind on that. Like he, what he's got his mind set on, yeah. and what he feels like he's been training to do since he was kicking apples in the bin yeah. is to do that, and he's not going to change his mind, and nothing else will be good enough. I think even if he. Kick- Keegan might have got it out of him, though. Keegan might have got it out of him. I just feel like he's so stubborn. He's but stubborn. then, it, so Keegan gets sacked before, like before that can happen. It's it's fascinating to wonder what would have happened if he had been allowed to yeah. stay sure. on. I mean, there's a bit with Keegan that made me genuinely. This is one of the bits where I inexplicably started to get quite emotional, and <laughs> and I have no idea why. Where he talks about how Nicky Butt and Michael Owen 
uh, get challenged for uh, get challenged to a head tennis game. Yeah, yep. with Terry with, McDermott. With Terry and, McDermott yeah. and Kevin Keegan. And it's so funny because like Kevin Keegan's like, go on, play head tennis with us. And Nicky Butt and Mike Lowen are like, we're creamer, right? We'd be really good. We're destroyer. We're yeah. professional footballers. There's they're a like bit where sixty odd, yeah. When Nicky Butt's like, okay, like they're very confident, but but we're professional footballers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah we can win this. Yeah. And Michael Owen does a sort of Spock impression, being like, it would be illogical if we were not to be able to beat them. Which is fundamentally in, uh, well. In dressing rooms, there yeah. is this thing called a uh, heading banter, <laughs> and uh, apparently, is a way very much an and alien. in factories. Yeah, but like. They do it, and Kevin Keegan destroys them. Yeah, he's so good at like heading tennis. And Owen and but it, unlike most things with Michael Owen, where you feel like if Michael Owen gets embarrassed in front of teammates, he would take it. You know, he would be like, "I can never show my face around here yeah. again. I must destroy all record of this." He seems to revel in it. He like he pays the money that they had on this bet. Uh, through one piece, yeah. which is really cute. Yeah. He goes to the bank. A nice and prank. A nice. It's a good prank. And he like tosses Dickhead. it on, like all over the. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> that is bit, annoying. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's annoying. But then Kevin Keegan like takes it, and so basically yeah. he pays like hundred pounds laughing in his yeah. in his office. Ah. It's really cute. <laughs> surrounded by like one piece uh, that that uh, add up to hundred pounds. Yeah, it's it was the bit where I felt like having struggled with Michael Owen. He does, you know, he struggles with hierarchy. He struggles with the concept of who he is. This felt like the moment where he felt accepted. Like for all of his weird foibles, for the, he's a weird guy. He's a weird, yep. isolated man. He felt like he'd been accepted into this world, and then it's taken away from him, and that's quite sad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what, what Michael Owen should have done is read Darren Huckabee's book, who warned us in the very first book we read that Kevin Keegan's very good at head tennis. Yes. He was like, he's really, <laughs> yeah. really good at head tennis. He should have paid attention to that. And also, I feel like um, just to end this Newcastle chapter a little bit, I feel like it was doomed from the start. When Freddie Shepard gives them a haunted house to live in. <laughs> Apparently. So there was no, there was no chance going back. Inexplicable. Yeah. He's like, uh, so I was up for living in this haunt, the, the, living in this house. Uh, Louise thought it was haunted. And I, in the end, had to agree with her. <laughs> Some shady shit happened. What's there. weird about that is when they're looking for a house, he's like, oh, you know, we stayed in this hotel that was in the sticks. And we, we that's not really our kind of thing. So we moved in with Alan Shearer while Louise was looking for a place for us to live that was more our kind of thing. And then they ended up moving right into the country. Still. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I thought that wasn't your but thing. You need a helicopter to get to the co-op. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's also a bit where he's like, um, we lived close to Steve Stone's house. Uh, but I lived in a bigger house than him. It's yeah. inexplicably yeah. like I've mean. I've got real beef with Michael Owen's house choices though. Oh, like, interesting. There's a bit where there, he's in Madrid and he's like, Oh my God, the worst thing about living in, in Madrid is that they put us in a luxury hotel for four months and it was awful. And we just, they just never gave me a house. They just never got me a house. I'm thinking, this is a man who, he doesn't know how to have fun. He definitely knows his way around right move. He's on, earning a hundred grand a week. Go and get your own bloody house. You could man. very easily get a house. He says yeah. all that would have made them happy was a pool and a palm tree. He couldn't find that in Madrid. Yeah, gone to the beach. Like, what are you the doing? Beach. What are yeah. you doing, mate? <laughs> He, Come on! It's hard to think of. Although he did say that he got paid in a really weird way in Madrid. Yeah. Like you. Oh yeah, they're like they would be paid six for six months, months and yeah. then suddenly be like, "Here's three million pounds." Yeah. <laughs> Have that. And you're like, okay, cool. In one piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just as a final topic uh, to talk about, I wanted to bring something up. Well, first of all, we mentioned an ex-Newcastle manager in Kevin Keegan. I want to talk about his international career because, you know, we've discussed a lot of the clubs he's been at. We haven't discussed United. We haven't discussed Stoke. 
Um, but United is very interesting at the end of the book because it's, United, it's, I would argue, has the best description of a goal we've ever had on Football Book Club. For the goal when he scores against Man, Man City. City. I think yeah. that's one of the best descriptions yeah, really of was. any goal we've ever had. It really was. It was so good. And he, and, and the way he, 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 you know, where he was hesitant to sign for Newcastle and Stoke, he loves going to United. He was like, I got there early, I turned up, turned up at Fergie's house, chatting about horses for seven months. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and he, he, he sound, it sounds great. But, and then Stoke, you know, yeah. Was so good, yeah. I mean, I can't blame him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so rude. He wasn't fussed about that. If he'd gone to Port Vale, yeah, different yeah, story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, different yeah. Him story. and Tom Pope up front have been deadly. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? imagine? Michael, the offer's still there. I'm sorry about everything I've just said for you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's club-wise. International, we touched upon it earlier a little bit. We talked about David Beckham. I think the reason why I enjoyed this book so much is because we have so many regrets uh, looking back at our golden generation yeah. and I'm doing scare quotes here yeah. our golden generation of players who were you know individually yeah. incredible he lists them at one point he goes through like says like he had like yeah, and 15 when he lists cent- them you are like yeah. like oh yeah wow. okay he goes like, like we had like 15 great centre backs yeah. we had King Terry Ferdinand yeah, yeah. Woodgate, yeah, Neville well, and Cole and uh, Neville, and Cole, Gerrard, Lampard, Skulls. And that was the problem. We couldn't fit them all in that kind of thing. Owen, Shearer, Rooney, blah, blah, blah. All around this time. I know Shearer's a slightly different era. Yeah. But still, he goes through all these, but Beckham goes through, I'm, I'm just going to name names now. Uh, Charles <laughs> Sinclair. Um, <laughs> Pete Crouch. Pete Crouch. He goes through all these players uh, and he lists them all off. And, you know, we ne- we always hear a, li- a lot about in the media about how uh, the England players cared more about uh, domestic football at the time, especially the United players. They're more focused on that yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And we've never really had a big inquest into why that was the case. And Owen is the first person who I've yeah. read to go like, you know what? It was a fucking joke. And like, yeah. it really, really was. He's so, he's so angry about it. And he's so, very like, angry. as we mentioned before, Michael Owen's very, very focused. There's a bit really early on the book where he says his debut for England. He, wa- he wasn't like, you know what? I can just look back. He wasn't like, it was like, yeah, I've made it. He was like, no, what I need to do now is I need to score two goals when I come on. Then I need to stay in the team. I need to get in the next squad. I need to do all that kind of thing. Which so, is the future. He's, he's constantly focused on the future. Exactly. But now he's finally got a chance to process it. And he's fuming. He's chucking everyone to the bus. I mean, One point he, he chucks Darius Purcell under the bus. Like just for oh, missing yeah, a penalty. Was that, that was, was mean. mean. That was mean. He goes, he goes this like, is, look. This is the attitude we were talking about last week. Where like when something goes right, it's 100% him. When something goes wrong, it's 100% everyone else. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's just his mentality. It's true. But also, like, I do feel like he was unlucky with injuries going into tournaments. I don't. I feel like very few fans could blame Michael Owen for the performance of those things. Not yeah. that I, again, I wouldn't blame Darius Vassell. I think that's a bit <laughs> no, you can blame um, Darius Vassell. Yeah, it's not take. his fault. But it, you know, I, I think it's very interesting that you know he's missed out on all these chances. And he's fuming out. There's, like you mentioned, Dave Beckham earlier. There's a bit where he talks about Beckham kind of uh, thought that penalty in 2002. Uh, was kind of his redemption moment. And Owen was like, in no way were the circumstances comparable to us being knocked out of the 98 World Cup. His penalty against Argentina in 2002 laid no ghost to rest for me. I'd have to live with the aftermath of his actions in 1998 for the rest of my life. It It really is. also, in book two, he doesn't seem that bothered about them going out. It's so weird. Well, because he thinks he's got more opportunities. Exactly right. He's like, oh, shit. It all went wrong. The thing that he's really angry about, I think, is 2006. Six, I suppose, isn't it? Where he's really annoyed about how they did that. Yes. And I mean, again, this comes down to Owen being like, he wants to be the main man. He wants to be wanted. And the idea that Rooney is more wanted than him sends him through a loop. Like he goes nuts. But there's a bit, um, there's a bit where you mentioned that, like 2006. In the in the last book, he was very, he's very full of praise of Spencer and Eriksson. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. Oh he's gone off Sven. God, he's he, gone off and Sven he, a lot. he's doubled down how much he loves Glenn Hoddle. And a lot of people have said that. I've heard a lot of like 
uh, like Enol was very progressive for his time. In some ways, not. But yeah. in, well, in many ways, the way he the way he played the way he set up a football team. Way played three at the back, which Michael Owen says four four two killed the England team basically. Playing three at the back worked really really that well. That bit was really interesting because yeah. there was also a bit where he's like, well, you know, this idea that Lampard and Gerrard can't play in the same team. Yeah. If you play a main like a single striker with Lampard and Gerrard just behind, you do quite well. But that's like Owen effectively saying one striker. Yeah. That's kind of cutting his chances of getting into the team by fifty percent. Yeah. That bit about um, Lampard and Gerard, I thought was quite interesting. Yeah. That bit, you could tell that was his punditry coming through, not him as a footballer. I yeah. Thought, because he was very fair in that and he didn't kind of involve himself in it. Whereas the other bits was like, well, I would have done this better. Yeah. I would have done that I'd better. I'd have signed up for a penalty yeah. if I was Darius for sale. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's yeah, true. Paul's Darius. It's horrible that bit. He's it like, is, yeah. I, I don't want to be harsh on him, and yeah. then he proceeds to be very harsh on him. <laughs> he's like, and I'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Michael. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess he thought that was his chance. Like, uh, but anyway, that, the Hoddle thing is fascinating. How much he feels like basically, if they had if they had had Hoddle during the noughties, that England might have had a bigger chance. Yeah, yeah he could be right. In I that mean, many maybe ways, that. It's, he it's might be know, right, but it? the way that he goes on about it is just relentless. He needs yeah. to let yeah. go of it, yeah. yeah. It is, I can see it being hard. It must be massively hard. It like must he, be hard. He should it have won more yeah. in his career. And it's, 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 it's I was just going to say, sorry, there's a I bit know. where Alex Ferguson says to him early on, he's like, well, you know what? If like, and he, he loves Fergie and Ferguson comes across brilliantly in the book and it's forward yeah, and stuff like that. He treats him as But he says basically that whole kind of, you know when people say like, if Alex Ferguson looked after Paul Gascoigne, he wouldn't have the same thing. I've always hated that kind of argument. Yeah. But he says something to Owen in this book, which is something along the lines of, uh, he's like, well, you know, maybe if Liverpool hadn't used you so much as a yeah. kid, you wouldn't have uh, you wouldn't have suffered all these injuries later on. And you might have won more across the career. However, I disagree with that because if Owen had him in push at that early stage, he wouldn't have necessarily had that explosive yeah. start That's to his career. He, he might says. never have had the career. He, he Owen says, says that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Owen, yeah. Owen makes that point where he's like, look, I need to get into the team. That's all it but could I, be, I, really. The reason that I just couldn't get on board with this book is it's it's so what if. And I think mm. you've had an amazing career. Like if, if someone had told him when he was a kid he'd had that career, he'd have been buzzing about but it. It's hard though, isn't it? Because if someone had told him it at 15, you're going to have this career, yeah. he'd have been really buzzing. But if yeah. someone had told him at 23, yeah. you're not going to have this career yeah, that yeah, you yeah, expect. Yeah. He'd have yeah, been furious. True. The ending of the book, because oh, we, you know, we referred to it quite a lot, like where he talks about you know why it's called Reboot. It's about basically him saying he has to give up the mentality of being a footballer in order to survive. Like what what was really good about him as a footballer, um, you know, being ambitious, being the best constantly, always looking forward, is killing his family life. He found that when he retires in 2013, like it, it will kill him. It will it will destroy his his like marriage. His wife is effectively at one point his wife's going to leave him, and he has to kind of reboot his life. There's a bit at the end where he's like, after he, he talks, he finally goes into therapy. Thank God he finally goes into therapy. He finally. Well, he did go before. It just didn't, it, it was he was too, too mentally strong. Yeah. Now yeah. he's now he's weak enough. Yeah. He can be susceptible <laughs> to therapy. But he talks about how like you know, there's a role reversal in the relationship now. Like Michael is is the stay-at-home father. He's laid back. Louise's career is the one that's more important because Michael's career is effectively you know punditry here and there, but it's not really that important. And he says like. I, I hope I'm doing well. I hope I'm doing a good job at being <laughs> Louise, said, which yeah. is so sweet. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, it just broke my heart. And I just oh, we've we've hinted at this final line before. I feel like we brought. We got yeah. We got to say the final line. The final line is oh my god, the, fi the whole it. final bit is so beautiful. He says, "So I love this, it. I really genuinely. I was reading it with tears in my eyes. I was so <laughs> angry that I had tears in my eyes. Uh, I hated myself for it." But it was so I good. I agree, and I saw it coming. I saw it coming. <laughs> he says, he goes to, um, he recalls the conversation with his son, James. 
I can't have it started. So Daddy said, were you ever any good? How can you prove it? Thinking on my feet, I walked over to the shelf in the sitting room that was home to a few DVDs and video games. Why? First of all, DVDs. Sure, <laughs> That's a sure. question. They're, they're, they're a dying <laughs> medium, Michael. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah. No, they're more like, why has he got films? Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why has he got anything? Um, I picked out a copy of Pez 28, 2008 with me and Christian Ronaldo on the front cover. There you go, I said, as I put the game in his hand with the cover face. That was your dad. Oh, God. And his son's like, what? so you're a cartoon character? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't understand this. Are you talking about the time you met Lara Croft? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it's really really nice, and that's it's, it's su- it genuinely is such yeah. a good. Yeah, it's it's really nice good seeing that part. kind of that 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 um that you know that that ship filter which they have in there, and that that level of um that, that I think it was that barrier. It, but, however, it does come a little bit late for um, what is a pairing that I wish I could see. Uh, Michael and Eileen Drury. <laughs> Where he's paired up with it, he's like, I'm not listening to that space-time gobbledygook. That is a sketch. Oh, God, I would give a million pounds to be a fly on the wall at that moment to hear Michael Owen versus Eileen Drury. <laughs> did this book change you? Uh, Tash, I'm going to come to you last. Jack, okay. did it change you? Yep, it really did. I, it completely changed my opinion of Michael Owen from 2014 onwards, where he gone, goes into therapy. I was like, okay, He's a he's a decent person now, and and it really it, it made me when he talks about like punditry at BT, I was like, okay, I'm on board with you now. Yeah, and I, and I even I, makes five of his own punditry I, at one point. Genuinely, when we were recording this last week, recording episode two last week, I was so prepared to be absolutely furious with him, with everything he was trying to do, and when I I can't believe I can't believe he's done this. Yeah, quote that viral video. <laughs> I'm so I'm both angry and delighted. It, he's, I, he's I just punched around. Jack's face before that. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. I agree. Well, you know, look, I'm not going to brag. But I did say I, t- I told you so. I knew it was coming. You read the uh, third book I before had, us. I actually hadn't finished it by the time I did that, but I knew that he'd read enough. Tell, I read enough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I knew him better. The book did change me. I've totally changed my opinion of Michael Owen, and now he's a 3D person to me, yeah. which I really like. James, I agree. It. Um, I learned more about him. He's, I sympathize with him i felt like he showed who he is a little bit yeah and it changed my opinion of him quite a lot the second book i i wish he'd never brought out that second book yeah, yeah. i wish this was the one because 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 the jump from one to three is like okay i can understand because yeah, you're smash yeah. hit he's a teenager yeah. and it, it, then it, he's a you know man. two muddies things in, yeah. in yeah. fairness no mugs are buying that book anymore tash did change you i now like him less Wow! It did change you in some way. It did because I, I don't know if you remember, but last week you're in I, love with I, him. I didn't love the book, but I uh, I understood where he was coming from, and I kind of appreciated his take on things. And I feel like instead of looking forward, all he did was just navel gaze himself mm, into misery. That's and fair. I, it was like reading bloody James Joyce. I was yeah. like, come on, mate! Like, have a laugh. You're a millionaire footballer. Get get over yourself a bit. I, you know. I I, I I do know what you mean. Uh, and I totally disagree. Although <laughs> <laughs> I hated the second book, and I hated him see, in the second see, book. See, I, I didn't like him in the second book, but I thought he was kind of a flawed protagonist, whereas now I just think he's a miserable bastard. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, either way, I'm very proud of all of us. Yes, we got through all of it all, and did. the depth we've managed to get <laughs> out of Michael Owen is I now, it, it is I now think he's three-dimensional, though, yes. which I definitely didn't before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Score out of 10. Uh, go on, Tash. Kick us off with your one because it's going to be low. I'm going to... No, I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Okay. Jack, I'm going to give it an eight. I can't Ooh, believe it. Okay. I'm, gonna give it I'm giving it a nine. I'm giving it a no, nine. No, no, no. I am giving it a nine. I thought it was great. 
Imagine if it said three again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was lying. It's a three. James? Seven. Yeah, that's oh, fine. Okay. Okay. That's okay. okay yeah. It's not quite as big as I thought it was going to get. So it's got 12. What was it? Five, seven, eight, nine. Seven that's, up, that's pretty good. It's got the that's same as Kami and Ozil, basically. Yeah. And way up from off the record. And who the winner is of this whole series. We do. It's a, it's a joint victory for Karen Brady and Dean Windass. Yes! <laughs> Together at last. Yeah. Together at last. <laughs> that would be a strictly combination I would like to see. <laughs> <laughs> for the quiz this week, you're all named after different Michael Owens we've met along the way. Okay. Our journey. okay. Jack, you're clean-cut Michael Owen. Clean-cut Michael Owen. Tash, you're bad boy Michael Owen. Oh, yeah. This week. And James, you're Michael Owen beating up a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> he was also 10 at the time. He was yeah, also 10 at the time. fine, really. Like, question number one. What motto was written above the door in Glenn Hoddle's England canteen? <laughs> oh, God. I feel like I remember this. It was something really yeah, stupid. Clean cut, Michael Owen. Yep. Be good at football. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that. <laughs> it's canteen focused. The answer was chew to win. <laughs> chew to win. Oh, oh my God. Chew to win. Oh, chew God. boiled pasta to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Question two, what does Michael say his best ever performance in his career was? Oh, um, oh. a clean cut Michael Owen. Yep. Uh, it was a European match yep. against, oh God. I'm trying to eke it out of you. Uh, was it, it wasn't Roma, was it? No. No, not correct. Anyone else okay. got it? Uh, bad boy Michael Owen. Bad was boy. it when he was eight in primary school? <laughs> <laughs> he loves that one. I mean, that is probably one of but not in this book, that, but I think that is, you know, he definitely does think that. Uh, the answer is, and you, you're blanking this week, it was a UEFA Cup fourth round, second leg, 2001, against Porto at home. Porto! Yes. Oh, Do you remember the game, James, yeah. the Liverpool fan? Of course I don't. No. It was, like, it was quite an innocuous match, but he felt like everything yeah. played very well. Yeah. yeah. Question number three. When Michael almost moved back to Liverpool in 2005, which Liverpool player's house did he meet the club executive at? Oh, um, oh. Uh, clean cut Michael Owen. Yeah. Bruno Cheru. Bruno Cheru yeah. is correct. Because that was such a weird place. Very He's strange. A, it's a neutral venue, but let's go to Bruno Cheru's <laughs> yeah. house. Like it's the DMZ. <laughs> Yeah, it was bizarre. <laughs> and finally, a little bit of a different question. How many pages in total of Michael Owen books have we read? Oh, oh my Whoever's God. closest wins. Bad Ever? boy Michael Owen. You get two points right. if you get this. I'm going to give you all. What Ooh, do you okay. think? What do you think? Um, I think. Let's start with Bad Boy Michael Owen. 1,010. No, nonsense. This one was long. Michael Owen beating up a 10-year-old. What's your guess? 923. And Jack, what do you think? I'm going to go with 850. I can tell you, because I said it's worth two points, victory, uh, winning the quiz this week, is Michael Owen beating up a 10-year-old. Not very close. 912 is the answer. You got 923. That's very impressive. Okay, wait, hang on. Your version didn't have those extra pages. (laughs) That's true. true. So he's he's incorrectly worked it out, and I was going for the full length version. Because my first thought was 913. I promise. Spooky. What, are you living at Freddie Shepard's house? Whoa! <laughs> Let's not nip here, James Belgian. <laughs> As a reward, you get Ken Zong this yes. week. You remember Ken. James, can you get on the table for this? Yeah, <laughs> come on, jumping up. I've set Ken his own challenge for the Michael Owen trilogy. He's going to write us three Michael Owen chants, one every week. Here's his last one to the tune of the jams going underground. I'm about to sing this in front of a whole pub. Do it. And it starts kind of the bridge moment. Oh, we're so happy and he's so fine Around the box, up and down the line He wrote the textbook on Goal Sublime And the cop end gets what the cop end wants When he sniffs a chant, you know he's on the hunt 
I've sung this wrong. Owen's on the prowl. Owen's on the prowl. When the young lad plays, he lights up the ground. Owen's on the prowl. Owen's on the prowl. When he scores a goal, we're going to sing his name till tomorrow. La, 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 la. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Ken Zong. Ken Zong. Ken Zong. Ken Zong. I forgot there's a chant in the second book, which Michael mentions at the Bernabelle, and I have no idea how it goes. It's not a Ken Zong one. Yeah. It goes, Michael, full stop, Michael Owen, dot, 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 Owen. No one knows the chance of that. Let us palindrome. It's so weird. bizarre. And that's it. That's the Michael Owen trilogy done. the last book of our series. We only met next week at the final episode of the series, our end of series awards, where we're dishing our prize for the best work and weirdest moments in books so far. The ones that we've covered this series anyway. We're not quite done on Owen either. We're going to call 20 minutes extra Owen action now. Exclusive Football Book Club. Club members, if you haven't already joined, basically, you can access all our bonus chapter episodes as well as exclusive events and get your own Football Book Club book, book, bookmark all for the going rate of a copy of Darren Huckabee's Hux. Head to patreon.com football book club to find out more. If you've read any of these books, if you want to get in contact with us, you know, praise us for getting through no, all these no. things. No, no, if you've read the Owen one, I don't care. Okay, don't no, <laughs> if you've read the Owen one, we can share our love for <laughs> him we now. We can all do it together. Don't at me in that one. <laughs> Get in touch with us on Twitter, at Footy Book Club, Instagram, at Football Book Club, and on Facebook or email us at fbc at crowdnetwork.co.uk. Guys, any last words? Michael Owen beats up 10-year-olds. Okay. Oh, <laughs> any non-libelous ones? <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, James Baldron, Natasha Daniels, and Jack Bernhardt. It was created by James Bug, and it was a Crowd Network production. Thanks to Michael for writing all three books, but where is everyone now? Well, Michael Owen is now a pundit for BT Sport, runs a successful stables, and argues with Cesc Fabregas on Twitter. He still hasn't seen the second Jurassic Park, what a shame. David Beckham is one of the most famous faces on the planet, but we're still none the wiser if he has Michael Owen's number. Alan Shearer, on the other hand, leads it long, long ago. Kevin Keegan is out of management, but still tours the country, challenging unsuspecting England players to games of head tennis. Michael Jones is still Michael's best friend, genuinely, as revealed in Reboot, very sweet. Lara Croft has undergone several transformations in the late 90s, to the point Michael probably wouldn't even recognise her anymore. Sander Westerveld now runs a CEX in Amsterdam, and production on the Jaguar XKR stopped in 2014. R.I.P. The theme music, Hills Behind, is the work of Silent Partner, and is used in a Creative Commons 4.0 licence. We'll be back next week with the last episode of the series. Until then, bye bye Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 